What's up, everybody? I want to welcome you to Straight Talk with Hope podcast. I'm giving it to you straight out of God's Word through practical and biblical conversations based on God's Word because it is the truth of God's Word that sets you free and brings grace to every hearer. This is Hope Lamberson, and you are listening to the Straight Talk with Hope podcast. Hey guys, and I want to welcome you to the Straight Talk with Hope podcast. I'm so excited. We are in the month of July, and I don't know about y'all, but summer is flying by. I think we're actually on the countdown for schools reopening right now. For us in our area, it is going to be around August the 10th, which is about three or four weeks away from now. So yes, you guessed it. I've done all my school shopping with online orders, registered them for school, got book bags, Got a few more clothes to pick up and my three boys will be golden. As we get ready to get into today's hashtag and the podcast guest today, I am so excited to introduce you to one of my friends who lives all the way in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but I met back a few years ago. Will you guys please help me welcome today my guest on the podcast for July, Kara McKinnon. Kara McKinnon is a graduate of Rainbow Bible College and holds a Bachelor of Arts in Communication with a specialization in public relations from Northern Kentucky University. Yep, Kentucky. She travels and works full-time as a project manager for Reverend Jen Tringell Ministries and is currently finishing her Master's in Leadership and Business Administration from Oral Roberts University. She served in Ramus Prayer and Healing School for five years and is the third generation in her family to serve in full-time ministry. Kara is 26 years old. And she currently resides in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Y'all, she is a rock star and a jewel. And I cannot wait for her to share with you on the hashtag that we've picked today called hashtag excellence matters. Give it up one more time for my good friend, Kara McKinnon. Hey guys, I hope you're having a great day. I want to welcome you to the Straight Talk with Hope podcast. I am actually currently sitting in my hotel lobby right now with a dear friend of mine, Kara McKinnon, and I had no clue that I was going to be here um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and neither did Kara. (laughs) (laughs) So Kara, I want to welcome you. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for the opportunity. Is this your first like live from Tulsa show? Yes, this would be our first live from Tulsa show. This is a deal. I am honored (laughs) to be your your co-host for this segment. (laughs) You had no idea that you were going to be put on the spot in person. Look at it. Oh my goodness. So this is so exciting today, guys. You know that when we do the podcast, we have on different guest interviews and people from all around the country. And uh, Kara and I met quite some time ago, a couple years ago. And I could not totally remember how or where we met. I know it's obviously ministry, mm-hmm. um, but I think I told you it was like when we were getting ready to go on the nationwide women's conference. Yes, which is so weird. We're here today because the four-year anniversary was literally this week. Which is so, so cool. And we're here. So <laughs> wild. Oh my 
my gosh, I love that. That trip was amazing. And I loved it too. Like you recently sent me kind of a clip on Instagram yes. where it looked like you were like training and instructing <laughs> and giving us yes. the lowdown yes. of the trip. Confetti and Cannon 101 yes, is what that yes, was. Yes, that's it. The Confetti Cannon. I was so nervous about the Confetti Cannon. I think we all were. Yeah, that was my first time to shoot something that big. Yes, <laughs> but it went off without a hitch. Oh my gosh, it was perfect. Okay, so on the podcast, we like to kind of break it down, kind of get to know you a little bit, let our guests kind of fill you out a little bit. Let's do it. And I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Okay. And some of them are kind of like your fun questions, but some of them are like kind of more thought serious questions. Let's do it. Okay, so question number one, what is one piece of advice that you would tell people in their 20s? Oh, that's so good. Okay, I have to be honest that this is actually my favorite question to ask people because I'm still in my 20s, so I'm like, actually, how would you answer this? <laughs> but, you know, I think there's piece of it, pieces of advice that people have given me that have been such a help. But looking back, I just turned 26 in May. Okay. So I'm like halfway through my 20s. You yes. know, I've got a few years left. I would say if I could go back six years and talk to 20-year-old me, I would probably say identify your insecurities, isolate them, and target them relentlessly. Mm. I don't think that I really had an awareness at 20 with how influential your insecurities are, and you're usually the one most ignorant to it when other people can see it. Mm. And I'm so thankful to have phenomenal leaders and people in my life that believe in me and were gracious with me, you know, and when those moments would come up and you're really not acting out of who you really are, you're acting out of insecurity and they would walk me through that and help me. But I think it took some time to see how insecurity motivated I could be, even in doing what God had called me to do. Yeah. Doing it from an insecure place of feeling like I have to do this to prove or to demonstrate mm-hmm. that I'm really this, yeah. you know? And I feel like I've probably just come around that in the last year and a half of really seeing those places and certainly not arrived, but I see it clearer now at 26 than I did at 20. Yeah. And even on Instagram, you know, it's funny, you see how kind of thought processes trend, especially <laughs> if you, you start circulating your Explore page. Yes. And there's kind of this trend right now that I've seen of, people using this phrase self-care and a lot of millennials people my age um, even generation x and people that are younger than me there's this thought process of you know really having an intention to preserve what is comfortable to you and taking care of yourself and i'm not in any way speaking against patterns of rest and knowing what fuels your your person yeah but there I think this gets over into error when people start calling self-care no one can offend me or talk about Mm. my my stuff yeah and no one can address that because that threatens my environment and my bubble you know of comfortability so you know when we get over into that you basically create this entire sphere where you only associate with people who just affirm what you believe about yourself, even mm. if it's a lie. Yeah. You know, so I think that would be what I would tell myself is associate with people who completely call out the best in you, even if it means identifying what's the worst in you. Oh. Come on. And that's not, it is not pretty. You <laughs> no. know, it sounds like, oh yeah, that sounds like, no, it's actually, it is a rough process. Yeah. But 
really you'll be the better for it. You really so will. So I think I've seen the most fruit in my life from being willing to embrace that pain and come through to the other side of it, and it's what I would probably tell people my oh. age. But I need you to answer it because <laughs> no. I want to hear your answer to that. So I'm totally, since I'm your Tulsa co-host, I flip oh, it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so if I can't even think back that far in my 20s. That's hilarious. Um, I, so my 20s were similar to your 20s mm-hmm. as far as, like, being in full-time ministry. Yeah. And for me, it wasn't... Like, I didn't really have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say, like, if I could go back in time and I would tell people in their 20s, especially those who grew up in church Mm -hmm. or faith or ministry, they're currently in ministry, I would tell my younger self, have more fun. So good. Um, Just because different scenarios in us, you know, in seasons that we were in, we really didn't have an opportunity to do that. It was like, hey, here's all this responsibility yeah. and load, and you're going to have to suck it up and figure it mm-hmm. out and grind, basically, to get the task done. Yeah. And so um, I think now, kind of on the flip side, approaching our 40s, me and my spouse, we're having to almost force fun. Yeah. And interesting. Yes, and learn how to rest even more. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of like, I would say that, like, jump in your 20s, like, have fun, still act mature. Yeah. um, Do what God's calling you to do, but learn just how to embrace those moments in your 20s because you're never going to get them back. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny. That's actually the biggest piece of advice I've gotten from others. And it always felt like a bit of a paradox to me because um, it seems like when you are given all this responsibility, you're usually associating with people who are older than you. And all you see is their version of normal and you think it's supposed to be yours. Yeah. Uh, But like someone's responsibility at 40 is not what my responsibility is at 20. So it's this duality of accepting the call to rise up and mature maybe faster in other areas and yeah. be excellent, but then at the same time, when work's done, just be 20 and yeah. enjoy fullness of life. Yeah. So that's so good. I love that. Okay, question number two, and this is one of my favorite questions, especially coffee drinkers. Okay. Um, which you're currently drinking a coffee I right am. now. I am. People, this is going to be a subscription break of Get Panera's Coffee subscription. It's free. You what? can go every two hours until September 20th. What? No joke. Free coffee from Panera until September 20th. It's not a gimmick. Oh, my gosh. Panera, sponsor this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so with that being said, what is your favorite coffee drink? That's a great question. I am so basic when it comes to stuff like I don't eat any sauces on french fries and I'm yeah I'm really weird so it's not that I don't like sauces I usually just prefer the natural taste of something Mm. and I'm that way with coffee so I am like a black coffee girl I literally just get a blonde roast or I'll get an Americano from time to time it's a little smoother if I kind of want espresso yeah yeah, I'm I'm pretty basic. Like, a black coffee does it for me. I will tell on myself, though, that I, for some reason, I'm still not really sure what glitch in the Matrix happened, but I convinced myself in the end of February that I was going to quit coffee. And I went through all of quarantine 
under the faults, under the deception that I was a tea drinker. Oh. And thank God that today I can say the chains have been broken loose and I came back to my true self that I drink coffee day and night. Oh, so, um, my word. Yeah, I like to say I didn't just survive quarantine, I survived it on tea, which is terrible. Yeah, so. and also kind of amazing, too, when you do love coffee. Yes, yes, so black coffee does it for me. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to check out that Panera deal. That's what's up. (laughs) Okay. Question number three. What is one of your favorite things to do? Oh, this is hard. Okay. I have to say I love to travel, but I am such a homebody too. So it is such a weird feeling at times because I love visiting new places, but when I'm home, I actually really just want to be home. Yeah. (laughs) So I would say probably one of my favorite things to do that I don't get to do a whole lot is check out like nature trails or uh, places that you can go hike because if I'm going to be out, I love being in the outdoors. Yeah. So that's really fun to me to visit a new place, especially if you go with friends. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that. I have never been hiking, but I know somebody that loves hiking, Mm -hmm. and they're actually in their 60s. Really? And they, like, genuinely love to embrace the outdoors mountain. I like outdoors, but I don't like flies and bugs and a lot of heat. Yes. (laughs) The elements. Yes. All the... Like you said, all the natural nature. Yes, yes. All the good things God made. Yes. (laughs) I will say, like, I really kind of only pick places that are near water, so at least you get a little bit of a breeze. Yes, that's a good tip. And I I should say I don't do this, like, every week. It's pretty rare. (laughs) But I do enjoy it. Yeah. I think if I went out in the mountains or something, I would have to be, like, a little bit of your, like, rather than camping, like, the glamping. Yes. Have a little bit of luxury. Yeah. And I should preface that I'm not staying anywhere. Yeah. Like, I am visiting the trail and going home before nightfall. So, <laughs> there is no camping happening for me. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, you know we do hashtags. Yes. And we were kind of throwing around the idea of different topics mm-hmm. and what we would talk about. And so... I kind of told you that one thing, like, in me knowing you, even though it's from a distance, Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I've really seen that has stood out to me in your character and personality and all the great qualities of you is you're so driven with excellence. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what today's hashtag is, actually. It's called hashtag excellence matters. That's right. And I think a lot of times in today's society that people really don't always have that goal Mm -hmm. out in front of them. They don't shoot for excellence. They're just shooting for maybe a season of barely getting by Mm -hmm. or let's just get the task done. It's really good. So that we can move on versus, hey, give it your best shot. Do it with everything that you know. Absolutely. And learn why you're doing it so it does produce a fruit of excellence. Yeah. So, talk to me, especially, like, in your 20s, you Mm -hmm. said you're 26, Mm -hmm. what has this kind of looked like for you? And I'm sure you just weren't, like, born and popped out doing excellence. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. My mother would tell stories of me hoarding clothes so I didn't have to fold them as, like, five years old to, to back that up, so... 
<laughs> yeah, so talk to us a little bit about this. What does that word excellence mean to you? Mm-hmm. And how have you adapted it into your everyday life? Yeah, that's so good. Well, first of all, thank you. I mean, I think so highly of you. So for you to say that is is not a small thing to me. So I really appreciate that and respect your perspective. I would say for a little bit of my history, so both sets of my grandparents are pastors. Okay. We're pastors since I literally can remember. And then my parents went to Ramo when I was three and okay. then have been in ministry since. Yeah. So I really grew up in a ministry environment. One thing people don't always talk about in that is that really ministry is a lot like uh, entrepreneurship. Yeah. In that it is you have to take ownership of it. Even yeah. though it's God's church mm-hmm. and you know, you answer to the head of the church, yeah. you are running it yeah. and approaching it a lot like a business. Yes. And even my grandparents, uh, my dad's parents were in business before they went into ministry. So I will say I had the advantage of growing up under the influence of people that had an owner's mentality and they really never dismissed us from that as kids. Mm. They were very intense with us. I mean, I can remember even saying over the summers with my grandparents and my grandfather would give us a light chore to do. And I still can't believe we, I have six, there's six of us total. And they would literally keep us, just my Nana and Papa, for a week on it, all six of us, which is insanity. So, especially if you know the personality, I mean, I think your family's like this. There are no Indians, all chiefs, (laughs) you know, it is like a little troop of leaders that lack age. So in that, you know, they would give us a task or something to do. Uh And I just remember we would come back having done it so quick, just so we could go back and play. And my grandfather would come and sit us down and go, anything worth doing is worth doing well mm-hmm. and he would he would ingrain that into us so I grew up with that uh, so I think that was an asset that I had but I'll be honest so I went to Rama Bible College yeah. in 2014 uh-huh. and growing up kind of in the word of faith circles which I know you did too one of the things I would always hear about Rama and people that came up a lot earlier than I did is that there was a hallmark of Rama of excellence mm. and of the Word of Faith camp of we had the market corner on excellence. Yes. And when I came to school, I think I kind of had this, when I would hear stories about that, I always had this question in me of like, are, am I pursuing that personally now to mm. that same degree? Mm. And so the Lord really just started dealing with me about it. Mm. And he took me to his word. And I think when we talk about excellence, maybe there's a misconception that it's about you Mm. and that's so not the truth it's not about being showy it's not about drawing attention to yourself I heard this quote one time and I wish I would have written down who authored it so I could give them credit but they made this statement that excellence isn't about drawing attention to yourself it's about making sure no one's distracted by you oh wow so I love that perspective that when I'm being excellent, it's not about making people think highly of me. It's actually sure. ensuring that I'm not drawing attention away from what God's doing through me and to myself. That's good. Yeah. And so just looking into the word then, excellence is all throughout scripture. Mm. It is like this hidden X factor that is underlying. And there's two two pieces of scripture, one in the old, one in the new, that really have struck me in the last two years as I've just kind of been talking to the Lord about this. And One thing I think is interesting, you know, Jesus's life was in essence this series of precedent-setting moments. He was in essence laying the pattern for how we would operate following 
his crucifixion and resurrection. Yeah. And so there's this moment where, you know, he's at the wedding Uh and his mother's there, you know, and he says, it's not my time. His mama says it is. And so it is. (laughs) Shout out to all the moms out there. And my mother who will probably be listening to this. I love you. So his mom says it's time. We know the pattern of how that all works. Jesus tells the disciples, go get the water, fill it up. When they bring it and pour it out and bring it to the head of the wedding, he takes the wine and all the, takes the water and all of a sudden it's wine. And the interesting thing is, so he's just performed the first miracle. Mm. But in that, I think the Bible could have ended the story there and not mentioned any other details and moved on. And we all would have been like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. But it's so interesting that the comment that is noted in scripture is that when that wine was tasted, they said, this is the best wine. Wow. So immediately... God's kingdom, Mm. anything associated with a miraculous was associated with being the best. Wow. It wasn't second rate. It was you saved the best for last, and that was Jesus' touch on it. Mm. So there's always this distinction. And it's interesting to me that in that, you know, you don't know if all the people at this wedding were believed in Christ or were Jewish or any of that. But it's interesting that excellence spoke a universal language in that moment. Mm. transcended culture it transcended religious boundaries Mm. and it pointed back to Jesus wow but then you take it back to the book of Daniel and it's interesting because in Daniel chapter 1 it talks about the king yeah and it says he would call for Daniel and his friends and the notation in scripture is it says he Daniel and his friends were 10 times better than all of the king's magicians and sorcerers and so there it is that quality of excellence again yeah and so I think it's the thing that distinguishes believers it's something worth pursuing and it's not about like I said making big of yourself it's not about making a name for yourself the most excellent people I know are the most humble Mm. it's not this arrogant prideful position or posture it's really about having a commitment that if God is associated with it and calling me to it then it automatically should be excellent. And because his spirit's in us, we're actually empowered to do it better than anyone else. Wow. That is amazing. I never even thought about it like that with those two scriptures that you mentioned. Like, in even throwing in the nugget of humility Mm -hmm. with excellence. Because a lot of times, like you were saying, in just looking at people even outwardly, sometimes how we view certain people like they have it all together yes yes or you know their life is so perfect and excellent and whatever that is it's Mm -hmm. like wow that is exactly who Jesus is the heart that Jesus has is a heart of excellence but it's also just like that humility like it's never about me it's always about the Lord totally is and I know just even hearing you talk about that and even referencing those scriptures it's like wow like it's the best yeah you know like I'm gonna give you my best and it's almost like when you have somebody that comes to stay with you in your home yes you know like you're spiffy enough everything making everything's perfect in their rooms and everything and you're like I just want them to have the best of the best while they're here yes and like I said, that's the heart of the father. He's like, it matters. It really does. Mm. It completely matters. And I think I've had this subconscious question kind of running in my head. And 
I'm not saying it's the voice of the Lord, but yes. I feel the spirit of God behind it. Yeah. And it's this, you know, in that about being 10 times better. Yeah. It's interesting. The Lord could have just noted in scripture that they were better. You know, mm. being better is enough. It yeah. levels you up, but scripture says they were 10 times. And I think the question that's reverberated in me, Hope, is who's really sowing their life to be 10 times better? Mm. Because I think too often we get to the point where we're maybe one times better or two times, yeah. and people appraise us and applaud yeah. us for it. So and we, we stop Oh, and sometimes. we stop right there. We camp out at two times better <laughs> when the Spirit of God on the inside of us can compel us and empower us to yeah. actually rise to be 10 times. Yeah. And I think there's a principle in that because you notice Daniel had access to the highest man in the land. Yeah. That's Influence good. is attached to excellence. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to be influential and make an impact, yeah. then there is a price of excellence. Sure. But if you'll pay it, so true. It will open up doors for you. Yeah. Where, and sometimes I think when we even think of doors, we think of, I'll stand in front of thousands. Yeah. And you know what the Lord's really been, in, really imparting to me lately is that sometimes influence looks like impacting someone who has the influence. That's so true. Think about like if you had a meeting with the president yeah. of any nation. Well, that's not a thousand or 2,000 or 3,000 people, but you just impacted the man who impacts thousands. Exactly. So who's really sowing their life Mm. to get to 10 times? Mm. And I think it's really a call of the Lord of like, lay out your life and look. And it's not in condemnation of the Lord never condemns us, but he does convict us. Yeah. And he always calls us higher. Yeah. And when we're willing to embrace that and yield to it, it's people that are the fruit of it. We get the access to people yeah. because of that distinction of excellence. It mm-hmm. opens doors that no man could open. Yeah. And that quality, it was even in David's life, it's what got him to Saul. Yeah. And it talks about the excellence of his plank mm. got him again before the head of state. Mm. So all throughout the word, we see this pattern. And I think it's something worth giving our attention to and striving after. Sure. I would definitely have to agree with all of that. You know, it's looking at your life saying once again, like this life is never about me. It's not. (laughs) Contrary to popular belief. (laughs) As much as it would be nice if it was. It's like, no, like, and that's exactly the mission that Christ had with himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you imagine once Jesus receives his mandate from mm-hmm. God the Father that yeah. he's going to be the savior of the world yeah. and to die for everyone's sins and then continue to keep forgiving yes. people till he comes back if he did not do it in an excellent way. My. I mean, what if he would have been, been like, like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't even matter. I'm yeah. just going to be halfway bought in yeah. to this situation. But he is like, wow, God, I'm going to give you everything that I have yeah. with this mission and assignment to do exactly what you called me yeah. to do. So that's pretty phenomenal. It is. And that's what we see. He accomplished the mission of his life within three years yes. because of it. Which is amazing. It is. Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and just wrap it up here. And Kara, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was an honor. Thank I'm you. so excited. And just like, it makes me want to go ahead and do an entire study just on what that subject means and yeah. even find out more biblical truths about excellent matters. Absolutely. So, it really does. Powerful. Thank you. you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Straight Talk with Hope podcast. 
We are so glad that you are here today visiting and don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms. And Kara, before we close out, tell us how they can find you on social media. Yes. Okay. Well, I should begin by saying that my name is not spelled normal. So <laughs> it's K-A-I-R-A. My mom says it's care like hair, which I'm not sure that phonetically works. If you did like phonics, but listen, just go with it, people. So my full name is Kara McKinnon, and that's what my Instagram is, at Kara McKinnon on Facebook. I should tell you, I'm kind of like a really spotty poster, but if you need more meme content in your life, I work it on Instagram stories. So I will be your comedic relief. I may not bring anything spiritual to you, but you will laugh. Love that. Well, you guys heard it straight forward today from Kara McKinnon. Thank you all for tuning in, and I hope you have a great rest of the week. We'll see you back here on Straight Talk with Hope. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast, Straight Talk with Hope. If you enjoyed today's episode and it spoke to your heart, go on Apple iTunes and leave us a review and a rating. We love to see what you guys are saying about the podcast as well as sharing them on your social media platforms. If you want to learn more information about who we are, what we're doing, and where we're going, check out hopelamberson.com. You can also access us and follow us on all of our social media platforms on Instagram, Facebook, as well as YouTube. And let me tell you about something new that we have on Facebook. We have a private group open to anybody that is wanting to join the private group called Straight Talk with Hope. On this group page for Facebook, it is basically downloading devotionals, messages, topics you guys want to discuss, where we have conversations with each other who are in the group. I look forward to seeing you on there, and I hope you guys have an amazing day. Remember, regardless of what you have lost, that there is still hope for you. We'll see you back here on the Straight Talk with Hope podcast.